2: back to another episode of Chicana Code Switchers. Happy New Year 2022. I'm so excited to get us started today. Um, we'll be catching up, Patricia and I, uh, on what's the latest and where, where have we been?
0: Yeah, so it's been a while since we've recorded an episode and I feel like that's pretty much common with a lot of the podcasts that um, sprung up around our time that we started. A lot of us are moving on with so many different projects happening and just kind of taking some sabbaticals sporadically every so often just to, you know, catch a break from our computers and also catch a break mentally, just because it has been quite a lot in the past two years. I've actually spent some time kind of reflecting. Um, I just recently reconnected with one of my old friends that I had made shout out to Karina um, who I've just been talking about, like, you know what has been the past two years under a pandemic, and how um, this is like our next an- another year coming into 2022 already, starting off with not so not so great news. We've had a lot of uncertainty, even more so, and frustration with overall globally, and in particular in how the U.S. is handling the pandemic. Especially hearing consistent inconsistencies with the CDC and our job and work and school policies all around and how often, you know, everyone wants to be done with a pandemic. A lot of us do. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't been handled in the best way, especially now that we've seen trend wise, it looks like the spikes end up happening within summer and winter break. And so far this past winter break has been the largest spike we've seen generally throughout this past two years so it's been part of it traumatic other time other times has been frustrating ready for the pandemic to be over Um, especially now that we're heading towards half of my 20s under (laughs) pandemic circumstance not being able to just feel safe and comfortable and like ready to just enjoy life being able to you know make decisions or do things without having to basically dodge people in like uncertainty moving forward, not knowing if, you know, certain things are going to close, certain things are going to be canceled in general, like, um, any guidelines or anything that they give us is just so inaccessible. Like the fact that, uh, the advice is to upgrade masks yet upgrading masks is so expensive. Um, places have sold out in certain things and, um, who knows, like nobody's the general media or places where we're supposed to get all this information is not giving us the uh, education and the uh, data to back up a lot of their decisions. So it's kind of hard to know what to trust. And unfortunately, unless you have access to a lot of experts within social media platforms who are trustworthy, it's kind of hard to know what, who to trust with a lot of information, especially how some, uh, many of us are not scientists and are not experts about COVID or any of these things. So it's kind of like trial and error. And I feel like a lot of folks are just wanting to prioritize work and, you know, making money, Um, even though long-term wise, it's definitely going to affect a lot of folks. And it's just not good practice. Kind of reflecting in the past years is just like kind of grieving that the fact that it's just like the way that my grad school ended, you know, like how We had, like, so many things, like, looking forward to, you know, being able to have celebrations and um, excited to, like, do get-togethers and things like that uh, with folks and having things canceled Um, and also taking some time to, you know, make some assessment of my priorities, especially since the pandemic, you know, really provided me an opportunity to just kind of spend some time away from family and, like, reflect on patterns to definitely see, like, where this rollover of burnout has happened (laughs) since undergrad. And a lot of us have been super overworked and kind of assessing. And I'm excited to see so many people just saying like, you know what, I am going to do the bold move of just quitting jobs and like doing the bold move of just asking for more than what my employment or my school is offering and not taking it. And so in the past year, um, so many people have quit their jobs. Um, so many people were like, I am just not going to work in these conditions, especially for employment that does not care about my health and my overall well being. Um, within this month, we've gotten the data from my job of how many students are withdrawing, and the number is huge. A lot of folks are on probation, so um, haven't been doing so well. With virtual learning. And I think just in general, going to college, um, a lot more folks were able to go um, do more in person this past sem- uh, semester. However, you know, a lot of folks have just not been doing so well class wise. And so today I asked my associate dean of like, okay, well, I can advise the hell out of the student, you know, <laughs> to tell them what specific things that they should look out for when registering. But ultimately, it also comes down to the responsibility of faculty knowing how to teach or given the resources to teach this new platform that is virtual, just because a lot of folks are now transitioning to starting their terms virtually just because of the um, Omarian variant that is happening. And it's just something that's realistically universities have to think about is like they're teaching pedagogies and assessing what would work best for students now that they're doing virtual learning for different you know subjects and there's no plan for it of course um so it's just kind of annoying the fact that I'm like well okay well part of the responsibility is on the student to do a lot of these things but also um if there's no support or structure for them to learn well that's the biggest complaint, and so I'm like, I'm happy that students are really assessing and looking forward to going to an institution that better supports them, and um, it's pushing now my school to assess what they need to do to make sure to retain students. I'm like, you know, you have to do better than whatever you're offering right now because, you know, students will have more options and would want to leave, especially now that this virtual they can take some classes at the community college, they can transfer, they can have more options. And I I hope that more uh, folks start really pushing their institutions, their politicians to do better and to really come up with better plans because this subpar service is awful. And this whole um, dynamic that universities have of like thinking that they're the ones who are the only folks that can make decisions and who can hold people over certain things, to figure out that the students are the ones who should have the most power in deciding how they're going to experience college and gain the skills that they came into to come uh, with job preparation and uh, academic like learning. And then on top of that, you add a virtual component to it that is difficult to to stay present. So I'm excited that, you know, a lot of folks are, you know, quitting. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Um And I support that, especially if the environment is not supportive and looking to places to that actually are helping them. So I'm I'm excited for that. Although I'm kind of scared because again, um, they're transitioning into new institutions that I don't know if they're even doing any better than us. So that's kind of the scary part is that a lot of folks are kind of in the same boat. Um, And, you know, in 2022, I'm excited uh, to kind of just like do new patterns and, you know, put together back when, you know, my first year of grad school was, I had such a solid, like uh, schedule that I like knew when I was going to work out. I knew when I had to go to work, when I had classes. And I feel like I, I need that structure again, just because the past two years have been kind of living day by day and kind of adding certain things here and there, but um, penciling in and getting a planner to like, say like I need to prioritize and put some time certain things that I want to do. I think will be helpful to just bring more structure in a very unstructured life that I've had in the past two years in my work. And especially now that I had been promoted back in September in a new position. So I moved up a position. I have different responsibilities. So now I have a lot more of like bigger project planning. So I definitely am excited for this new role um, getting to work with the student population that I care about and feel more onus of like what I can do now. I can definitely advocate and do more structural planning than before. Um, and this past winter break, I learned a lot about cars cause I am looking forward to getting a new car. I've had my car that I've had since I first started driving it was my first car in college. And so now it's time to get a new one just because, It's getting close to, you know, that time where you, your car repairment costs more than an actual just new car. So I learned about leasing instead of just buying a car. So I spent all this time learning about leasing a car just because it's a lot more affordable than buying a whole car. And plus you can switch new cars every three years. So what a nice benefit of like being able to have a more fuel efficient car, especially with these gas prices. Um, so I already this past weekend put a deposit in to get, you know, my car in and new cars in general have been hard to find just because manufacturing has been so backed up. Uh, some dealers I've heard that cars have been coming in six, four to six weeks. I mean, months, four to six months it's taken for them to come in to their dealers. So I finally, luckily was shopping around a bunch of dealers around my area And found that that was going to have one sooner um, for a cheaper price. So I'm looking forward to definitely just having new patterns, uh, getting a new car and just budgeting this year. Like I bought a Clever Fox budgeting planner. So I've been keeping track of my expenses a lot more just because I really want to be on top of uh, budgeting uh, savings for sure. Um, And then later on, maybe next year, start doing more investment stuff just to make sure that my retirement account is set because I, I want to retire early because I'm done with, with working in general. But I'm excited to have a whole new year of podcasting and putting some time together to, to catch up with Ariana, and especially now that is in a new whole new environment after spending your first term in your PhD program. So Ariana, what's What's your update and how your PhD program is going?
2: Well, first of all, congrats on everything that you've been doing. It's, uh, it's exciting to hear that you've made time to focus on priorities and, and, um, and doing research for, for improvement. Um, I, um, I've been busy <laughs> with my PhD program, finished my first quarter strong, it helped that I had a master's under my belt because you know it was all about thinking working smarter not harder so and I know it's not encouraged but I recycle you know it's the same topic it helps to have like old uh, essays to work off from and and um yeah I've been I've been it's been it's been interesting it's been um Um, It's been great. I had two classes online two classes in person. I dislike going to campus because I had to park really far away so um, walking to class was not fun. And so I rather would, I would prefer to stay at home and just, you know, plop down and eat or things like that. I went to a conference in Delaware, flew to Pennsylvania, went to Delaware for the CRSEA. Some people
0: say Carcia. others yeah. say Circe, but it's the Critical Race uh, Studies in Education Association.
2: Yeah, so that was thanks to Patti who recommended this organization and I loved it. Um, uh, went to a couple weddings. Um, and then just stay put in November for the most part. Um, I was really uh, trying to find a balance as well between studying and finding cute coffee shops that open late, Uh, but none of them do, like that stayed open late. Um, I ended up spending like my last two weeks of my quarter (laughs) at Panera, where they have food, coffee, smoothies, and they have a cool ambiance for working and studying. So, so, yeah, and then um, at my Advanced Pearl uh, application got approved at the end of November, so they gave me two months to, to use it to go to Mexico, to go to Mexico and, and like, visit family. So, yeah, that was kind of thrown in there as I'm, like, dealing with my, my final essays. Found, found a space just before Christmas to go, to go to Cancun, because that had been my dream. Since like a a month before um, the former president had been elected, I was planning to go then. And then I just decided not to risk it, uh, but was glad that I was able to take that trip this time. Um, So I went to Chichen Itza, which had been like on my list to check out. Um, I went by myself. It was pretty like scary slash concerned and worried because I'm like, I don't know the area like I don't you know you hear all these things on the news but uh, pleasantly surprised it was pretty safe. Um, I stayed in the touristy area and got on a tour and yeah and I I, I came back um, just started my first week of my winter quarter (laughs) which is like hit the ground running kind of experience. Um, I'm taking three classes one is five units uh, methods class and I was tempted to drop a, one of my classes and switch it for something else. But um, I like the teacher. So even though she does make us work, so I'm like, okay, you know, I was trying to find something easier, but I'm, I, I decided to stay with it. It's a uh, higher ed governance. So when you were talking about your institution, the dropout rates, the students, I was like, yep, that happens when you don't assess, uh, when you don't uh, request student, from student, student input, or if you don't have access to student input, you know, connect with the advisors that have that firsthand, you know, touch, uh, uh, experience, uh, knowledge with the students, right? They're having these conversations throughout, and it's just, I feel like a lack of um, intent and interest and creativity, right? Like, we're no longer, like there's no, it's 2022, there's no space for excuses. So I'm really glad that people are, you know, quitting their jobs, like you said, for something better because we deserve, we don't deserve to be um, like not provided with the qualities that we need um, and, and the and the growth, right? Um, but it is still an uncertain time with Omicron and everything that's going on. It's been an interesting, what now, two years? <laughs>
0: yeah this is gonna be like my third birthday in March (laughs) going through a whole pandemic so that's just kind of like um, it's kind of hard to like remember my age at this point because I'm just like the time is going by and it just doesn't feel like we're actually going through the seasons (laughs) like like it just feels like we're just rushing through all these months and it feels like a long time and also feels very very short at the same time so I'm like it's kind of hard to again, see this go through for more years to come. A lot of folks are saying that, you know, it might take until 2025 to get a handle of what is happening. I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna take longer than that, especially how, you know, there's just like not, not a lot of um, equitable access worldwide of vaccines and care and everything like that. Like everybody's on this different page I mean, within our own, you know, the U.S. is every state say, is like every, county, every state, every county, every person. is like I,
2: I still see people walking around without masks.
0: Yo, I was walking around. So um, at my job, we still have to go in person. Mm-hmm. And I was walking around campus. You, say, you know, there's a sign that says masks are required. Mm-hmm. Tell me why the police officers had zero masks on walking around the whole campus. Because and then there was a ton of folks with no mask too. And I'm just like, I, I usually walk around the campus after lunch just to get my steps in and get some fresh air and staying away from like, I have a windowless office. So it's hella depressing. I forget what time it is. Cause you're basically, you don't get to see the windows. So like, you don't know what time or what the conditions are outside. Like if it's raining or sunny or anything. So me salgo afuera during the- lunch or the, after i eat um and i go walk around to just stretch my legs and you know get used to like not sitting for so long um and yeah a ton of people say i had no mask nothing um people are still unfortunately getting misinformed i mean a lot of admin right now are still like saying oh we need to find more data on how this covid variants are happening i'm like how much data do you need if like you can just tell from previous like just 2020 and 2021 how trends have happened each month where you can see I'm like why do we have to wait until tragedies death and like all these things to happen while we could just prevent it beforehand it's not that hard to get this access especially for them being universities I'm like I'm pretty sure someone around campus has a science degree who knows how some of these things happen. And if not, that you can maybe communicate with the other 23 CSU campuses or UCs mm-hmm. that have experts. I mean, UC Davis published uh, one of the, um, I, I can't even say the word epidemiologist.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's one of the scientists at UC Davis was posting like a whole, like their basically research on like the, how does the COVID, how does COVID look like in terms of their data collection and what has happened? And he's like, um, the six feet apart thing isn't really, you know, the concern. It's more like it's an air transmitted virus. You know, like the thing that we should be working on is ventilation and, and it's like filter, you know, making sure that you have a, a proper mask to be able to uh stop from transmissions happening and making sure that we are you know, having a protocol process happening in terms of, um, especially contact tracing. I just have not heard a lot of folks mentioning about contact tracing or anything like that. I am just like, how, and it's just ridiculous because this past week, a lot of my staff members have, you know, been exposed to COVID during the winter break. And then I had one of my coworkers say, oh yeah, I got COVID during winter break. And I was just like, and we were outside walking to the parking lot, leaving from work. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I just have like a, a mild cough. And I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you here? Like, I need to get out of here. You know, like, this is just unsafe. It's like, this isn't going to make it any better for forcing us all to be in person, especially around this time that um, students are still in winter break. So they don't yeah, have to why are be you,
2: um, there. We- you see, Riverside delayed their in-person classes until the end of January.
0: Oh yeah, San Jose is the last CSU to say anything because we also are start later. But yeah. I'm like, even if you start later, you should really announce this because students are moving back to the dorms, are making plans, have probably bought flights. Um, some of our commuters may have already paid for a parking permit or something, thinking that they're going to be in. This is just so unfair for students to try to make plans on what they need to get done. And it's like, this is why you're getting a lot of people withdrawing because you're not giving them enough chance and opportunity to make plans. I mean, I've had a lot of folks who um, want to cancel their lease, cancel their agreement, their uh, on-campus housing agreements. And it's like, well, because of this, because it's like you don't give them enough time to make decisions. I would have been on the same boat, like Mm -hmm. especially if you're an out-of-state student. Like, how do you make plans to do this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I bought my parking permit because I they said first they said two weeks. So also here it's like we run out of spaces. I didn't want to be in that position where I'm not going to get a parking permit in the parking lot that I that That you chose. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. And then they announced two more weeks till the end of January. I'm like, why don't you just cancel winter quarter? You know, just make it in general. And then we'll check back about spring. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why I've been paying uh, daily parking permits for staff, just because I'm like, I don't want to pay for something mm-hmm. in the end, if they switch and pivot. And I'm just like, what if they, cause they've done this before too, where they added days, And I'm like, well, that changes my work schedule because I'm no longer working in the same days that the parking permit has. Um, I just wish that the schools would just say like, you know, kind of like a punching card where you just like, you pay a certain amount of days to park. You select which ones you want and then you just use them up and they roll over and you just use them until, you know, you're done with paying X amount of days to go in campus. Um, But I guess it's just too complicated to work or pay for a a software system that can actually do that for us already
2: right
0: Um, but it's just it's just been sad they're just sad (laughs) and how they're doing things and I am just like a lot of uh you know my coworker and I were also kind of considering like uh what would it be like to work outside of higher ed now because the pay is awful the cost of living is high um the amount of work and expectations done is just not great we don't get bonuses so we don't get the perks of other jobs too um and it's just like how can you try to solidify something for yourself um when your job isn't giving you like they're giving you crumbs and i've actually looked at other jobs now just to get a sense of what would be the pay it's awful like less than like five thousand dollars so like everybody is like trying to pay you around 4,000. And we know after tax, it's actually like two to (laughs) $3,000. So it's not possible to be living at a 2000, $3,000 salary when rent is like, you know, two thirds of that, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: possibly more depending on, again, your current living situation and your expenses. But It's it's interesting because a lot of folks have this idea of what like San Jose you know the South Bay looks like and I'm like this place is just sad like there's a lot of people with like uh, experiencing housing insecurity, uh, food insecurity just because of how outrageously expensive it is. I mean, I checked onions and like milk; it's like ten cents more expensive each time I go there. And it's like just food in general. And they're really bad. Like some of the food that they are now selling is not good either because again, they're letting it spoil because of our whole issues within our country of like being able to transport food. Cause a lot of the people who are driving trucks are also like, this is not a livable wage either. And I have to endanger myself with now like climate change things where like tornadoes in the Midwest. Uh, floods in certain places really really cold weather um it's just not feasible (laughs) to live in this in this way yeah I'm just giving myself like two to three years of like just working in higher ed and probably switching out and just working somewhere else they're they're not counting that a lot of millennials and gen zers are like oh this is not the work environment okay whatever I don't care I've experienced poverty before I can make it work and just quit and find a new job in between. Mm -hmm. Like a lot more people are less afraid of quitting than, than they think.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's been all these trends, right? Not enough workers, places have had to close down because they don't have employees.
0: People are kind of thinking about like, I'm not going to take an assistant position job or a student, you know, very, very low wage pay for like the amount of work that we're actually doing, which is a lot more like a full-time job position. Cause mostly the student uh, like assistant positions are the reason the university is working in the first place? They're the ones who are actually doing their job, right? That that others aren't.
2: Yeah, that's why I went back to school
0: because I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm tired of school and work. <laughs> I'm just I, over just the whole structure of it. Just because I'm like, uh, work in general is just it's a it's a big challenge of getting to a position or a workplace that makes sense. Just because I feel like uh, when I was reconnecting with one of my friends, I'm like, I feel like we have. Every character in our jobs, like everyone, they, you know, there's like that person that slacks. There's a person that overworks. Like, they almost all the personalities in the same yeah. job office function. The only difference is that a lot more folks wanted to do virtual because they don't have to interact with those anymore. Like, they just <laughs> just do your job and like send it to your to the next person that needs to do whatever they need to do, and that's it. And that's been pretty fantastic. And I think that has helped a lot when I first started my job because it was like all virtual at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And this past fall semester was the first time we've been in person. I'm just like, I really don't like the in-person experience. It's been nice to, you know, connect with some folks because they have been pretty awesome coworkers. But overall, like, it's just like, we don't even interact that well anyway because we have like appointments and stuff. And also some of us have family members that are immunocompromised. So we're not even hanging out or anything because we're just like, Let's just talk through Zoom or chat and stuff like that. But it's not the same convivencia just because, again, the dynamics are different.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I feel like uh, when COVID first started, they did say I read an article that said it would take five years. And at that time, I was like, how is that possible? You know, like.
0: But now here we are. (laughs) But now we can see why we are not doing so well. You know uh, why it takes so long. And I mean, this is like going into um, two years fully this upcoming March, and it's not improving. I think we're just getting worse. Um, and the CDC, you know, saying that uh, it is okay for people with disabilities to die. Um, because that's very uh, promising and, you know, very positive data. And I'm just like, that's the sad part is that a lot of us don't see ourselves as disabled, even though we are. Mm-hmm. And the fact that um, I've been watching, uh, I've been following uh, Critches and Spices, which I would also tag into the show notes, who does a lot of disability education and advocacy and talks about how, like, a lot of folks don't see themselves as disabled or eventually becoming disabled because that does happen, you know, through age and through whatever ends up you're ending up experiencing throughout the, like if it's a car accident or if it's a, you know, your body functions just like through age, it's not going to function the same way. Uh, we never see ourselves as disabled eventually. Um, and just in general, like, having glasses is a disability, you know, cause have visual impairment. Although that one is a little bit more accommodated than others, other disabilities um, that uh, Imani was saying from crunches and spices uh, was saying, how many more variants would it take for you to also become disabled? Cause that's kind of like where we're heading, right? Where we're letting people get infected uh, spreading a lot of their, the different variants, but we're also allowing for new variants to happen because of that's what ends up happening is that through infection and through, you know, the, the, the uh, virus, um, what is it called? Like evolving, mm-hmm. uh, modifying and, and improving their own way of infecting. It's just like, that's what it ends up with What's going to end up happening is that it's a mass disabling effect uh, event, And it's going to take a lot of variance. And unfortunately, if we don't do anything about it now, it's going to get worse through time. I just find it very sad, the like young kids that are less than five years old who are like in the middle right now, where it's like, you can't really get a vaccine and you are hoping that your, your, your parent who is pregnant is able to get the vaccine on the same time that you are still inside the womb, you know, is just kind of. And unfortunately, those are the ones that are also, you know, unfortunately dying, which is kind of sad, like small little, you know, babies and toddlers who don't have a, a say in this are unfortunately becoming, you know, infected and, and dying at really high rates.
2: Yeah, I mean, in, in Mexico, um, when I visited my, my cousins who were te- who are teenagers, 15 and 16 years old they still hadn't gotten the vaccine because it still hadn't become available
0: for them right because they're just still they're working hunting. yeah they're still working through like vaccinating all these other different age groups
2: the elderly 65 and older mm-hmm. they were still on that i'm like and it's not like they didn't want to get vaccinated it's like they we asked and that's what they told them you know there's a like line of people getting vaccinated but it's mostly if it, the priority is 65 and old
0: yeah, this is 65 and older still don't want to get vaccinated. And I'm just like, damn. Mm-hmm. And here we have, you know, other folks that do. And it's just structurally, it's just a mess because again, there's not enough vaccines being produced um, worldwide in the same way that U.S. has, you know, access and also the boosters. I mean, that has been also a challenge. It's been a challenge for students to um, report their vaccination status and upload it um San Jose State has awful website so reporting it and uploading the pictures is like a challenge in of itself I had to help a couple students and I was like what is happening (laughs) you know like how do I navigate and help a student go through this if like it's confusing to me too Mm because I get to do it the staff way but I don't get to see the student one and the student one somehow has more words and is more confusing than it is for the staff one and Um, now that the CSU is requiring a booster, I mean, that's even going to be more students like getting their classes. Um, uh, they're going to get, um, basically, uh, you know, when they like kick them out from classes, um, because they don't, yeah, they're going to drop them. That's what it is. Um, they're going to drop them from their classes for not providing the booster too. And I'm just like, you know, how hard it is for students to schedule their own appointments or find one, um. Especially my frosh who are just turned barely 17 to 18 year old. And I forgot that um, during that time, a lot of them are switching from pediatrics to adult medicine. And I was like, (laughs) oh yeah, I forgot that that happened, you know, during that time. And it is a a huge transition for them to know how to schedule their own appointments and knew who their new doctor is um, now that they're switching to adult medicine. And then like later on figuring out like, how do I set up an appointment? I was like, wow. Yeah. And even like I scheduled, um, a date for testing just because a lot of my coworkers are, you know, sick. Yeah. And it was like two weeks out to schedule. That was like the earliest day. And I was was, just like, well, hard
2: to find a testing center that's open. Like I tried Walgreens, CVS, like nothing, huh? there's no appointments and it's like two weeks out and I still can't make one. Like my brother or the 15 year old still needs to get his booster. And it's like, where? He's yeah. cool when they do offer them. They started offering them this past Friday at the local clinic, but that was barely.
0: And yeah. I ended there. up just uh, getting a Costco membership and then getting my partner their flu and their COVID. I oh. was just like, let's just get it done. Let's get a membership. Let's Uh, let's get an appointment and that one's quicker than uh one of my siblings who uh went through like a different place to go get it Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it was a little bit one day later than than his but uh, I just went to Costco I was just like but it's like again you would have to have the money to pay a membership card and then go in and do it but I was just like what else am I gonna do here like
2: Mm -hmm. especially with everyone getting um uh, sick
0: mm-hmm.
2: like you'd want to get tested and it's like you can't rely on the fast tests whatever they call it, rapid tests because they're not reliable either
0: yeah and then work I mean a lot of folks have been super frustrated because there has no not been any testing structure because again the Biden administration in a lot of like counties have been trying to get away from having to pay for Testing and move towards like just vaccination only. And I'm like, you can't have one or the other, right? Especially I'm just thinking like last year's winter break was a huge surge. Yeah. And the summer before that too. And I'm like, wouldn't you think? Hey, this the summer and the winter, you know, that's usually when it gets spiked. And let's put some testing centers like my university stopped doing testing unless you were, they only would do testing if you yeah. were not vaccinated. Oh. And I'm like, if you wanted to be the person to get, you know, tested, but you are vaccinated, they're like, "Mm, it's, you know, you're vaccinated. You're good. I'm like, you can still get infected, you know, like with vaccination or not, it would be important to still provide testing and still provide boosters. Like if, if your priority is to have people vaccinated and boosted, why not allow the students to do that on campus? If that's such a big urgency, but they only did it for like the two weeks or the, the beginning of the semester, and I'm just like, you should provide that throughout, just yeah. in case, you know. And especially since you're getting new students each term, because there's like spring admins, there's fall admins, so that should be something you should have. But again, they're not putting that money for mass testing, um, contact tracing, preventative um, measures, none of the none of the stuff. And I'm just like, hello, like. You're also saving a lot of money from the other things that you used to do every year, like the in-person events. We don't have as much of that. So it's like, you should try to move money or spend certain money in in a way where you can at least invest in that now because the pandemic is not going anywhere within the next few years. So you might as well have that system ready. So if it's either the flu or the COVID or, you know, even allergies, you're, you're set up and you have it done. And that's the sad part. Is like all of us are just kind of waking up each day, like, do I have COVID? Is it a cold? Is it flu? It's a is it allergies? <laughs> Any of the following, you know, and then have to wait two weeks out to get tested, um, or in the case of Florida, have their at home testing expire. Right. So it's just like a a sunk full of resources, um, not being used
2: well what let's turn to positive news what are you excited about the new year what are you looking
0: um for? yeah as I mentioned before like I was excited about you know getting a new car because I definitely need one um and just like doing more hiking and trails now that my dog is walking better she's <laughs> not pulling as much mm-hmm. um I think it would be a really good experience to just take her out um and I was excited because I put a uh um, the intention of getting a second dog, which I'm really looking forward to. That'd be really fun. Um, and just trying to, uh, take it a lot easier at work too, just setting up more boundaries with like time and effort and also making sure that, um, I'm doing my actual job, not other people's job ends up happening as a staff member. You get asked to do other things that are just not yours. And I'm like, I, I'm looking forward to that. And just, um, I look forward to the time that I'm not working <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. My time off is like my favorite time now. And what about you, Ariana?
2: Um, I'm excited. I can't say I'm excited about school, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my classes are interesting. They're definitely going to push me.
0: Um, Is the PhD a lot easier than your master's or is it about the same?
2: Uh, Well, my first quarter, I would say was easier than my master's. This one, I feel like it's okay. It's at another level. (laughs) There's like assignments left and right. And I feel like it's a shorter uh, quarter because it's like two months, a a week and uh, two months in a week. And so I feel like that's faster than my
0: 16 week long semester
2: and like yeah no it's I feel, for some reason I feel like it's shorter than my fall quarter mm. I'm definitely going to be making time for trips and but like little little like little like trips to rejuvenate and to like remind myself you know just give, have a breather from school
0: remind yourself that school isn't everything yeah. <laughs> like how they're telling you
2: yeah, um, yeah, and I, I moved to a new place in Riverside, so I'm still unpacking and getting a routine going here. Um, I like it, it's a pretty quiet neighborhood, and um, yeah, so I, I, I'm adjusting to my new place, um, to the new quarter, uh, and now I look forward to doing some more hiking as well because I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, trying to keep, trying to stay on top of my stuff, most of all, and my deadlines.
0: So now that you're almost like um, a few months into the PhD, what has been the exciting part about the PhD process?
2: Um, I think getting to know meet new people. My professors are really cool like very understanding. Um, um I just I feel like just being part of like a group of people who are like moving towards the same goal, have similar interests, right? Um where was I yesterday? I was just like observing people and I'm like uh, I uh, must have been at Walmart <laughs> in line, mm-hmm. in a really long line, and I'm like, uh, um, I don't know. I was just observing, like, you know, trying to think about like what would be my life if I wasn't in school. What would I be doing? Who would be I I'd be around? And I feel like for my myself, PhD program, the PhD program has like provided me that that space to be like. A critical thinker to be investing in myself to be growing as a person um to be amongst uh, like-minded individuals you know like unlike my previous experience with with work it's like a constant push and pull and a constant mm-hmm. like you know uh adjusting to whatever's happening in the higher ed space and for me right now like as a student I'm I'm, I'm receiving right I'm working but I'm mostly receiving information and like making it uh, using taking what I need or what I think is helpful and yeah I I so far I like it I like the the conversations that we're having most of the students in my classes are students of color, maybe there's like one or two white students. And um, yeah, it's a different experience. I think it's definitely more diverse than in my previous
0: institution. Places. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how you're like, I think that's the one thing I do miss about grad school or like school in general is that you just get time to dream, think, um, share uh, Mm -hmm. some information of like what is needed in the field. Um, I think that was like a great opportunity. I think the thing that I took away from, the positive thing I took away from grad school was that you're able to find out that the things that you were feeling about your experience in higher ed or the work that needs to happen is affirmed within the research. Um, However, in the workplace, it's a whole entirely different thing because you do, have to navigate a lot of different Personnel. vision, personalities, uh, mindsets. Um, and you can see why certain things can't move forward. Uh, oh, yeah. Why we're still dealing with the same issues. Um, HR gets in the way, you know? And so it's just a lot of challenges where it's like, man, in this work project that you have, cause sometimes you have like uh, group presentations Like you could be on the same boat, you know, like you could just like, yeah, this is the stuff that we would recommend, or here's the case study, or here's this essay or this whatever. But uh, in the workplace, it becomes a lot significantly difficult to navigate, not because your ideas aren't great, it's just that in order to actually do an effective, well-thought-out plan uh, requires so much work that a lot of folks aren't willing to put it in or to have a structure in because again our job uh functions or even their job descriptions are not really great you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: they limit a lot of things and they also put on a lot of work that we don't even have um our job descriptions aren't very um reflective of the work that we do so i think that's that makes it pretty challenging um, and then we all get spread out right <laughs> so uh, we're all like in different universities doing different things. So trying to, you know, put the little stops on the impending crash, <laughs> but, you know, um, budgets and money and people are, are definitely the hard part. Yep. Well,
2: this <laughs> was a great chat. Um, uh, we'll definitely be, um, putting out more episodes more constantly um, but yeah I mean it's once for me at least once the quarter gets going it's like a little challenging because like I have stuff I have many moving parts but yeah I definitely enjoy chatting with you but catching up and talking about all the different things that are happening in our lives and around us you know it's definitely good to just pause and and
0: yeah, it's made us like definitely uh, focus on certain things and kind of give us a, a time to try to be as flexible as possible because things have changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and in grad school, like you do, it does suck a lot of your time and effort. And I feel like now even working full time, like the appointments, the registration, the, you know, projects that we're building, is just like a whole like it takes so much of the time and mental space that now I can see why like it's so hard for folks to record just because I'm like after spending all day like working like a lot like diff- different details and writing and you know proposing and meeting it's like the last thing I want to do is sit down and record <laughs> you know for a long time in front of a computer um And especially with folks, like uh, for our guests, it's like being able to find time for all of our schedules to happen. So we will put out episodes. It's just going to be a lot more sporadic as both Ariana and I um, figure out our schedules just because we're living in two different, we're in the same time zone now, which is pretty cool. However, (laughs) it is part of the challenge too, is that we're in the same time zone. Therefore, our time breaks are a little bit different. Um, And especially as I am still working in in person, it makes it a lot harder to record too. Uh, during those days just because the commute coming back home is that's the thing that I can't get used to commuting. Like that is just it takes up so much of the time <laughs> throughout the day commuting and getting ready to go on to the outside world. But I'm excited to to come back and um get some more guests and get to check in with folks uh to see where they're at now and um Maybe have a more in-depth conversation about, Ariana, about your PhD to, to give us a bit more insight of like what it's like to be within your first year um, and for folks. And I'm learning more about the med school track, too, so it'd be exciting to share that information to folks to see, especially if they're around now, deciding whether they want to do a grad school program in the pandemic you can give I'm, us an insight adiana because you've been in a master's program that's been in person and the other one now you're doing a master's or a phd program virtually virtually and, in, and under a pandemic i can definitely
2: say that in my phd program i often wonder is it that we're not doing things because we're in a pandemic and that's why there's no events and social gatherings
0: which is mm-hmm
2: or is it always like this where there's definitely less engagement is what I've noticed.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And also like, you know, like everyone has crazy schedules, so it's kind of hard to get together too.
0: Right. But we'll look forward to um, the next episodes and thank you all so much for, for joining us in this chat of just catching up. It's just going to, it was a, it was an episode of all over the place, but you know, we're (laughs) able to to check in. (laughs) check-in of the past few months Um, but thank you all so much bye for this week's BIPOC business shout out goes to Mujeres Chingonas Mujeres Chingonas is a small business founded and owned by our friend Griselda they have a beautiful selection of postcards stickers prints and apparel that fit great if you are trying to decorate your home work office space As Galen and Valentine's Day are around the corner, you can send some bad bunny colibri or beautiful monarch butterfly prints to your loved ones. The link to Mujeres Chingona's Etsy page can be found in the episode show notes.
1: For all of our listeners, you can email us at chicana Codeswitchers at gmail.com and send us your POC business conference and event shoutouts and listener letters. You could also record a listener message on Anchor app and that way we can include your recorded message in our future episodes. Follow us on Instagram at CodeSwitchers and on Twitter at Xcodeswitchers. If you would like to support this podcast, you can Venmo or cash, app us, at Chicana Code Switchers and/or become a Patreon contributor. Thank you and don't forget: switch the code, don't let the code switch you.